When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What a night at the Moda Center on Wednesday. Damian Lillard returns to face his former team that he played with for 11 years with the the far superior Milwaukee Bucks. But the Blazers won thanks mainly to Damian Lillard's pupil, Anthony Simons, getting the big shot near the end. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. I'm joined by Craig Burnback. Craig, let's not even waste any time, man. Let's you know, I know you're doing great. The snow's gone, so you're happy in, in school district heaven these days, probably feeling pretty good about things. So let's just dive into this night. It was it was fun. It was electric. Now, you know, let me just paint the picture that things haven't been very electric at Moda this year. We're going to talk more about that later. But there were so many media there. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. Uh, Dame, obviously, arguably the most popular Blazer in history, the best Blazer in history, comes back after the controversial summer and the trade that sent him to the Bucks, And there was just a buzz in that place from beginning to end. Kids screaming for Dame, wanting his autograph, him recognizing all sorts of people and hugging and glad-handing people and then playing what was not a great game for him, but a very fun, entertaining game in a lot of different sure. ways. But, you know, let's start with you. Give me your take from your perspective about what kind of night it was. Uh, so a couple things. One, Dame enjoyed it. And that to me was the most important thing, right? He Mm -hmm. felt loved. He felt that. And, um, so that to me was all that mattered. He deserved that. Um, two, to me, it was like the playoff game for the Blazers this year. Like, this is it. Like, (laughs) and they played really well and the game was fun. It didn't end the way I wanted it to. I mean, I I did not want to see I would have rather see Robin Lopez. I would rather see Robin <laughs> Lopez take the three. I did not want to see Brooke Lopez take 10 threes yesterday. And definitely didn't want to take the last one. And Dan was open. Dan take, uh, take a, and I mean, I wanted him with the three guys on him to step back and shoot it and make it. You know, like, and I felt like that would have just been <laughs> iconic and that would have been so Dame. So then he was disappointed because to me it was more important for Dame. Like, I would have loved to have seen that moment where Dame hits three and wins and uh, cause the win doesn't matter for the Blazers. But um, so that, that part was really good. I wish he would have played a little bit better. He didn't play yeah. very well. The bucks played terribly <laughs> to be honest, like yeah. they were all over and the, and the Blazers played well as well as they can. Um, and I just really was happy to see that electricity and, and to see Portland matter, you know, and that, that's the part that you know you and I were talking about that made me a little sad, is because we don't have don't, that right don't now. Don't give it away yet. Don't go sad. Okay, don't, don't get sad. We, so we I, have a whole sex ha- on that. Okay, I was just, <laughs> I was happy that Dame enjoyed it. I was happy that the fans enjoyed it. I was happy it wasn't a blowout either way. I mean, not right, that right. You know, what I mean, like it was yeah. a really good game. You know, Simon's hit a clutch shot, which meant something. I was really happy for Scoot's first half, which was great. Mm, mm-hmm. second, he was fired up, second wasn't he? Half was, yeah. Oh, it was cool. Like, he had 15, and the dunk was the best dunk he had up oh, and yeah. under. It was beautiful. And, you know, in the second half, he proved why he's 19. But uh, <laughs> all that was good. And, and to see him do the interview, like, with Brooke and um, be back there, uh, it was wild um, to see that. And – he was just Dame. Like he gave honest answers to honest questions. And we'll get into that a little bit about what he talked about with Portland. And um, and then the one thing that I'll bring up that was like, huh. Because he was asked, have you spoken to Joe Cronin since the trade? No. That was the one little, like the little twist. Like, oh, we're not completely out of this, like, mm. you know, weirdness. So, uh, but yeah. And you were there. What was, uh, 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 
what was the feel like for you other than for the first time in a while you had to you probably had to jostle to get an interview yeah like, who are all these people who are these imposters <laughs> and plus the bucks travel deep like the bucks brought like five <laughs> people uh not just working for the bucks but media people people um yeah you know it, it uh I, i've been anticipating it all season obviously you mark it on the calendar you and i have talked about it here and there and you think back to cj's reception and what he got uh it's you know it, it was it was I think it was bittersweet for everyone. I, I think that, you know, just like with the trade, like some people believe that it was time for both people to, to part, both entities to part. Dame clearly is in a much better place. When I talked to him in Denver, you know, he was talking about how he didn't really want to leave Portland. He wanted to work things out. Even after he requested the trade, he was willing to, when, they, when he wouldn't, couldn't get to Miami, he was willing to, you know, stay. Uh, he insists that when he said he would come back, he didn't mean come back until a trade could happen. He meant he would come back and try and work it out. He didn't want, really want to move away from his kids. Like, there's a lot of things that were going on with Dane emotionally. But then I stopped him. I said, okay, but you, you, you admit that you're in a better situation, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, definitely. So basketball-wise, yeah. he's over it. Personally, he still feels this kind of way about how things went down. And, of course, the whole family situation. Um, so, you know, I, I think for some fans, they wish, you know, he was still there because the team stinks and you miss Dame. And for other fans, you know, it, it was best for everyone because now you can see Dame on a winning team. And so it's just so many different emotions going into it for him and I think for a lot of people there and people who work for the franchise. But he handled it perfectly. You know, he, he walked in to the place and I was there with my camera like, like a bunch of other people and he looked at me and goes, you're going to have to show me where the visitor's locker room is, you know, <laughs> turned down the halls. It was kind of funny. Um, but, oh, oh my God, there were kids, the kids in the stands screaming to get his attention to try and get autographs and uh, and he, 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 he said something cool to me in Denver and he said it later too as, as well as that, you know, he knew he during the game he was going to see people in certain seats that he's seen in those seats forever and recognize those faces. And I never really like thought about that, you know, from a player's perspective. That season ticket holders who sit in section one hundred eight, yep. row twelve, you're going to see them, and then you recognize those faces over time because you have a brain that can you know do those kind of things. So I thought that was really cool, and it just really it was a nice detail of the intimate relationship he feels like he has. Um, the close relationship he feels like he has with the fan base, and, and he and you know being there for so many shootarounds, doing live shots at five and whatever, he was a guy that connected with people that came in early. You know the group mm -hmm. of the the old ladies that you know always sat together. Like he would go and talk to them, and he would go and talk to other people because he he he's always been that kind of uh, never afraid of connection. And never right. afraid of being who he is. So it's not just he saw them. He's like, that's Pete. You know, like, yeah, exactly. you know, like, like, oh, I know. Oh, my God, that kid. I've seen that kid. Um, From age so 10 I, to grow I, up to 18, right? right? I mean, some of these kids grow you know, up. Yeah. And, and because he's not a guy that did – he didn't come in – um, and not connect and just put the earphones on and, right. and, and, and just go in and run to the tunnel to get out. He would chill. You know that he would sit down yep. in that front row. He loved being at the arena, probably still does. And I'd come and sit there and talk with him. And, you know, when he had his kids and we had our kids at the same time, like, Oh, my kid loves dinosaurs. He's like mine too. You know, like <laughs> he was real like that. And I, I used to it. say like, you, right. You felt like you knew mm. Dame, right? Media felt like they knew Dame. Right. And, um, you know, he's the best guy I ever covered the most enjoyable. And some of that, um, is because he connected to people that way. So, um, and because he did so many events, um, almost everyone's got a Dame Lillard story outside the arena, you know, if you're that big of a fan, because he wasn't hard to reach. Um, right. And he loved Portland and he embraced it like no other, really like no other blazer, you know. Everyone thinks of Clyde Drexler in Houston because he went to college there and that was his world and then he ended up there. Like, no, Bill, you know, Bill Walton in Portland, yes, old timers, but the waving of the towel in Boston, you know, LaMarcus was not like that. So, right. and Brandon Which is was why he left, he, right? Well, it's right. one of the reasons why you know, LaMarcus left. He, he didn't feel connected. And Brandon did, but it was so small, so short, you know, right. injuries. Yeah. And then he got yeah. shipped out when he was done. So it's just unlike to me, he's a, he is an icon. Like, I don't, Okay, you want to debate whether he's a legend? He's a Blazers legend, and there aren't many. 
Not the Celtics here. We're not the right. Lakers here. Right. We don't have a long list of legends. It, and every legend almost has a, a, a quirk to it. Uh, and Dame didn't. He fully embraced it. He wanted to be the consummate blazer. And he was. Are, so to, Portland to me, that was local, interesting. Portland has a lot of local legends in our own little bubble. But sure. in terms of transcendent across the country legends, yeah. I mean, Walton, Drexler, Dame, pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you get into baits about like, does Porter go? Does Kersey go? You know, but they, they just yeah, it, I don't. It's not locally, the same impact. Locally, not, yeah, but not nationally. Lillard's the biggest. Look, Lillard's the biggest star that the Blazers ever had, like in the NBA. You know, while he was here, you know, right. for a consistent period of time. You know, Clyde was great, but he wasn't in every. He wasn't in national commercial. It was a different time, right? I yeah, mean, but, but still, no. But, yeah. And Lillard was also, he's, he's so smart. He's so smart. You know what I mean? Like he signed on with Adidas and he made it because he knew they would make it him. Modelo beer was like, I never heard of it. There's Dame and now everybody's <laughs> drinking it. You know, like Gatorade. You know what I mean? Like he got the iconic things right. that others didn't. It's not necessarily Clyde's fault because Michael Jordan was just so dominant at the time and yeah. they and he just wasn't him and they didn't win. And again, Dame didn't win anything really. You know, the one time they got to the conference finals and that was almost a fluke year. I, I mean, I don't want to get into debate on that, but I, that wasn't the team that I thought was going to be the best team. They got there from circumstances, yeah. injuries, clutch shots. So, yeah, to have a it's not often that a uh, uh, and across the board, that a legend comes back still, still in, in, its, prime. in the prime, right? right. Still an all star, still that way. Um, and definitely doesn't happen here. You know, it's not something that right. happens here a lot. So, uh, yeah, it, it was worth um, it lived up to everything except for the, the quality of Dame's play. And Brooke Lopez took the final shot. <laughs> Brooke was driving me nuts. Damn, Brooke Lopez. Well, and there's like, and there was one time, not the last one, but maybe the second to last one Brooke took that he missed, where you could hear Dame yell, Brooke, because Dame was open. Hey, you. I could hear him from where I was sitting. And I'm like, Brooke, what are you doing? How are you not? Yeah. See, like, in the last one, he could have definitely given it up, up to Dame. And either Dame shoots a three or he drives. And, you know, so, and the other thing is, and I talked to one of the people who cover the Bucks. I'm like, why is the offense running through Brooke in these situations? Oh, and not like Brooke was taking threes on situations where Giannis never touched the ball. Ten I'm threes. Like, how do you not get the ball to Giannis in a clutch situation? Who's stopping him? And now Giannis had did Giannis was running over people like he was a fullback. He committed some ridiculous yes, he charges. Was. He did not like, play what you, well. Like, what are you doing? But still, go to Giannis first. If they double him, kick it to Dane or, or someone else open or Brooke. But don't anyway. That's I'm, I'm sounding like I'm a Bucks fan, right? I was just frustrated because I the wanted, Bucks to, I wanted, I Bucks wanted, a mess. yeah, I they wanted Dame, right? I wanted Dame to get the final shot. Like it was just of anyway, because that's the story. But in either you guys, the storybook ending with the win, with the make to win, or he misses, and it just is what it is. I love what he sure. said after the game is that you know he okay. Well, we'll talk. We're gonna talk about Anne in a minute. So I'll say this for that. But he he said how you know even losing didn't ruin it. You know, it was still a fun game. It was a fun night. It was what atmosphere. It was competitive. It was interesting. And even though they lost, he walked away pleased with the overall experience. But said, he said, I'm not going to say I'm glad it's over, but it was exhausting. You know, it, leading, you sure. know, everyone asking him about it, you know, from the, from the people who cover the Bucks to, you know, a Blazers writer who flies into Denver to ask him about it. <laughs> and then, you right. know, he gets here and everyone's asking him about it. And then he had it. He was there to see his kids sleep in his own bed, but then his kids, his twins had a birthday party, and then he went to Adidas for that ceremony, dedicating the court to him. And it was just a lot. And his agent and I talked about that too, where it was just like, you know, it was a lot. And Doc Rivers talked about it, and Dame talked about it. And so he enjoyed it, but at the end of the day, it was an exhausting experience, and he can move on. But let's transition then into do you think this provided a sense of closure for Dame? No. <laughs> okay, next topic. No, okay. Explain from your point of view why. Yeah, I don't think. I, I mean, it was a, it was a step. 
He got right. that over with. But when he says, have you spoken to Joe Conan? No. You know, like, no. <laughs> He's bitter about stuff that, that went down. And I, I totally understand why. Like, that he was – he is not happy that they – he feels, and I, I agree, that he was made to look a little – they tried to blame him for the divorce. <laughs> You know, he, right. they try to tell the kids it, it's it's you know Dame's fault, not <laughs> right. ours. And Dame's like, "What are you talking about? Like, how are you doing that and playing this Miami thing against him when he was just doing what he had to do to get out, right?" And uh, but that whole art of saying over and over again, "We're building around you. We're building around you. Don't build around him. Don't build around him." And then be like, "Oh, but we still feel we're going to be good." And he's like, "Stop." You know, we, we can revisit this. I know, you know, that that just couldn't be true. No one thought it was true. But just like the world today, if you tell enough people, you keep saying it, some people are going to buy it if they want to, right? And they wanted to be mad. So I, I don't I don't think there was closure there. And he opened it up. He he didn't close the door. Like he was asked about, you know, Portland. And, and he could have said, that chapter of my life is over and I've moved on and I loved it, but he didn't. He went to Aaron Fentress's world and said, I still think that I can end my career here in Portland. He told and, me that in, he told me that in Denver. I put it in my story. Right. I mean, yeah. like he is so how can you have he opens, he's keeping the door open. Like closure is and it and it did you know how it is. You could say this and still come back, but he could have said, Look. I love my time in Portland, but I can't be thinking about that right now. I'm in Milwaukee. My goal is to win a championship, bring a championship, uh, you know, another championship to Milwaukee, experience that. Um, This chapter of my life is closed, but he didn't. He said, well, you know, I've already, you know, I still think that I could end up here. And I'm like, well, what? Like, you you know, like really like, but that's who he is. He's like, he's honest. Like most people, would say would not do that even if they felt that way. So no, there's no closure when you tell the entire world that you think you might be back. <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the other thing is like, what does that mean? Does, does that mean you yeah. think you might be back because you and Joe will patch things up, or that you don't think Joe is going to be here in four years, and then that's your pathway back? I mean, that's what's fascinating about it because yes. that has that fence would have to be. Mended. And it's not just Joe. I don't think. I don't think it's just Joe Cronin. I think right. it goes to, start there to and ownership, to and, and right. you know, who knows what his relationship is with Bert Cold. I think it's him, um, and that that could have been the follow-up that, you know, didn't happen. Like, would you, could you see yourself playing for this same uh, leadership and ownership group and wonder what he would say? Cause we all know it's inevitable. They got to sell at some point. We just don't know when. Um, yeah. That's interesting. But I, I, I mean, I can't imagine. Well, I can, you, there's always things happen, right? Like right now, it doesn't feel like they could come to a place where that would happen, but right now it doesn't matter. Yeah, if Bert, it, you know, it would be a look, few years Joe, out. Joe Cronin's only going to be here if they're going to be, if you would think, if they're going to, if the plan actually works. <laughs> so they'd be good, and there'd be another. There, that'd be more of a reason. Yeah, uh, it, but you know, he, I have no idea how Dame's going to transition into it. You've always talked about the fact that he's such a good shooter that he might have the the ability to transition into a player that doesn't have to score twenty five, doesn't have to be ball dominant. But you have no proof of that. You just have hope of that. <laughs> I'm not mad at you for that. It's fine. It's a fine hypothesis. Now, see, now you got me fired up. I was, you know, we were we were copacetic, no, and now I'm I mean, like, what, like you don't you don't saying? know. Right now, Damian Lillard is not effective. Um, off the ball as much as he is on the ball. Like, well, that's no, I just think, who he's been. No, I think he'd stay on the ball. He just wouldn't have to be that guy hunting for 28-30. He, he could be more of a a facilitator come down to 18, 19, 20 with 8, 9, 10 assists is what I'm saying. Like, And, and still and be that, that, that killer threat as a three in the right situation with the right team where you have scores around that you can get those assists with and draw defensive attention, and then you get the ball and you're taking – wide open looks as opposed to forcing a lot of stuff. That's all I'm saying. And I think we've seen... And, and it's a hypothesis. Point, and it, right. It's but we've seen likely, point guards age pretty well. Chris Paul, well, you know, as long as they stay healthy. They yeah, but be, he was never that guy. He never averaged 25. He averaged less. He changed with the game. Right. He was always a pass first. But you he wasn't so a you lead guard. So He's a saying, point guard. So are you saying you don't think Dame can mentally adjust that way? Because obviously no, physically you can. I he can. In the you look at that and you just name Chris Paul. I can name a bunch of guys that it didn't happen for, right? So, like John Stockton aged well because he never was, you know, a scorer. He's always a facilitator. 
Iverson didn't. You know, it was all. Well, he refused, all, though. I, he refused. Of course, but most guys ridiculous. don't know how to like. You have to. It's not just that they refuse. It's like, well, I'm all not right. effective like that. I only know how to play one way. Like Vince Carter did things that no other player did. There's very few people that went from being the you know the most exciting scorer in the world to a role player. And most of the guys don't. I mean, you're you're got you know the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan never did. He was always he just got worse at what he did when he was the greatest. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he was still good, but he still had to score and he still needed the ball. It's just not a lot of guys are able to at the guard position. But you know, the NBA wasn't. We're seeing something different. You know, guys that played point guard were not. You know, I pointed to Iverson, who when Iverson did what he did, he was the rarity. At that size to average that many points, he was not the norm, right? So now it's different because now the way the league is, lead guards, I mean, you got Simons and, you know, like on a team that's terrible that averages, over, you know, when healthy's going to average 25. So right. uh, Jalen Brunson, you know, the guy's six feet tall and he's scoring 25 a game. Like that was not the thing. You had point guards that averaged, you know, if you averaged a lot like Steve Nash, you know, was a – you know, he didn't average 30. You know what I mean? Like his transition okay, was so different. Here's my so, name. Here's my name, Isaiah Thomas. He adjusted his game to be more of a facilitator. I mean, I'd say sure, but I always thought that he was a, a facilitating point guard that scored when they needed to. But, uh, he, but had even the ability, his best, he had the ability sure, to sure. score 30 a night had he operated that way is what I'm saying. But you, I get what yeah, you're saying. And, you're saying – yeah. You're saying going and, and we'll from see. being that guy. And, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, and again, I'm not poo-pooing it. Right. I'm just saying it's a hypothesis and we don't know. I know. And, and, you know, and how long will his body, you know, go, right? I mean, all it takes <sighs> is one bad injury and you're you're like, and then they don't come back and you're, when you're 35. Uh, less, more than, you know, now it happens more than usual, right? I mean, you do have these guys that are playing, you know, at high levels, not just the stars. I mean, Jeff Green's 175 years old, and he's still a really <laughs> dominant, you know, defender at times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that he's saying that, um, and I think because it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you felt a sense of sadness during this melancholy. magical e- melancholy during this magical evening. Please explain yourself. So last night, the Blazers mattered. Portland mattered. You you said it like your your best thing was like you looked around like where were you people for Blazers Memphis? You know, like I didn't see any of you. And now media has changed too, right? So you don't have as many. But no, it's just not a relevant. The Blazers are not relevant. And while the Timbers can do what they want to do, and University of Oregon and Eugene like that can matter to the state, but. When the Blazers matter, it's different. And uh, right. you know, I always bring my story in two thousand. I got here in two thousand seven, man. I got I got the best ten years, you know, to cover the Blazers. Like, and I and I got out of the everyday right when it tipped the wrong way. Like, um, but the nights were electric. The 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 energy matters. It matters not just for the fans. You saw the players last night. They played better. They played above their abilities and stayed engaged. Because the crowd was there. And that's something that happened all the time. And even when the Blazers were building up to, a, you know, make the playoffs, you know, Brandon Roy, we made the playoffs. Like, yeah, we got smoked in the first round, but we made the playoffs. And then to win a playoff game. And um, so I, I miss that. And I miss the fact that Dame is the one who did it for a decade. And not just, I mean, even in the last three years, you know, the last two years here, they were terrible. But he put up 70. You know, right. like, and it mattered. And he, and people were talking about the Blazers because what's going to happen with Dane? Now, like, what do you care about tomorrow? Like, and I don't mean that neg, it just, there's just not a lot to, to matter. I got a six year old that last night I could convince him to watch with me because mm. it was a story. I'm like, you remember Damian Lillard, the guy I told you was the best player on the team? Well, he's back and he's playing in the green team now. He's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, and Ooh, that's, the green that's team? The, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> the deal. No, 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 I don't want to explain. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I had young kids. I know exactly. But I'm, I'm pretending like I'm the kid. Going, Ooh, the green team with the, with the right? deer, with but the deer like, on oh, the wow. chest. <laughs> You know, and, and uh, so, but I'm just saying, like, and seeing all those kids out there wearing those jerseys, 
and knowing like that there's nothing there yet. There's potential possibilities that maybe scoot or maybe sharp. I mean, the boat look, Simons is good, but he's not going to be that guy. He's just not that he's not, he doesn't have that personality. He doesn't even have that game. Like I am so sick of hearing and I love Lamar and Kevin Calabro, but stop telling me about how Simons is the most clutch player in the fourth quarter. They got 13 wins. There's nothing clutch going on. In here. But he's like, missed 20 something games. He's definitely, come on. He's de- in his time. He's definitely had some killer shots in the fourth. Yes. Come on. Of course, but none of this matters. They're not. They're not. It's not playoff games. They're not going to make the playoffs. But they're still. a bad team. Like, oh, so you're saying course, a, like you're saying a clutch shot just, when you're when it doesn't. Well, just a, a win that's meaningless. Whatever. Doesn't mean like, anything. Yeah, guys. you okay. beat the Wizards, right? Like Kobe <laughs> missed a crap ton of shots. I think he's clutch, right? Like you really going to try yeah. to convince me that Simons is the most clutch player in the fourth quarter in the NBA? Like, stop it, stop it. As they said that's, in the NBA. Lamar did not say the that. numbers say like 5.5 points oh, gotcha, per game gotcha. in the fourth quarter during clutch time. I don't know exactly what it means. I'm just saying I don't like care. Like I'm not, games. Anyway, yeah, I agree with I'm you. I'm just saying, like, I just want that feeling for the city, for the franchise, for the fans. And also, it just showed how much I, we, I miss, we miss Dame. You know, like, even when in the beginning of the last two seasons, the only re- the one of the the main reason why we thought it's worth watching this game and this team is Damian Lillard, and um, you know so it made me a little melancholy that we just have to ho- the the that the only thing we're living on if you're a Blazer fan or covering the team is hope, and I don't I don't see that shining star and that, like Dame was I mean he was Rookie of the Year like he was instant. There was instant understanding that, oh, this guy is something. But before him, Brandon brought that. You know, Brandon brought that. And Brandon and LaMarcus, you know, together. And even the Greg Oden thing, it was the worst bust in history. But there was that hope, like, you had this feeling of of possibilities. Um, So you're not feeling that way at all about times. You're not feeling that at all? At all, about, I have no idea. I, I yeah, mean, it's not sure. here. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to come, but I haven't seen anything to think that 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 like I saw with Lillard. Like, oh, yeah. like you were like, <clears throat> oh, okay, like this this guy, and you know, they weren't terrible. You know, like they were, you know, very quickly. Now it's only his first year, so I'm not at all writing it off and not thinking it's possible. I just don't have it yet. Like that right. feeling's not here yet. Um, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. I, I don't want to break it to anybody, but he's not winning that. <laughs> There's two guys well ahead of him, and and just you know, and we haven't seen the spark. And you always articulate the fact that he's 19, and point guards don't do that, and that is correct. But it doesn't uh, make up for the fact that there's not another. There's we haven't found Dane's replacement, and why would we right. so quickly, right? But that was their, the melancholy. Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about Anthony, and you know it's so unfortunate that he hurt his thumb in the first game, because I do believe that had he been healthy the entire, you know, reasonably the whole season to this point, that he's at twenty six and six and nine. Sure. Uh, and the fact that he got sick a couple times because of the weather, he says really cold weather just bothers him and messes up his whole, you know, his, Tank his, Florida his, people, his biology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, do I think he's going to be on par with Dame? Probably not. But he has Dame's traits from a uh, talent standpoint. But he has to put everything together. And he's, you know, he's just not – he doesn't demonstrate the leadership chops yet. But he has grown. So maybe there's a sure couple has. more years of growth there. You know, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, when Bill said we don't have an alpha, I mean, that rubs some people he's the wrong, wrong way. But he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he wasn't no. remotely close to wrong. So anyone who was upset about that, it's kind of being disingenuous. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, right now you have a collection of players that all of them are good in, in their own way and all of them are f- extremely flawed in a lot of different ways. It's not a roster that fits in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, like I told you at the beginning of the year, the over-under on the number of players who will be on this team still when they make the playoffs, and I was talking about the 10-man rotation, I'm not talking about G League guys or two-way guys, was four and a half, which would be you know about half. And I, I think that's pretty accurate. I talked to someone with Blazers organization about that. Not not someone who makes roster decisions, but just someone who works there. And he said, 
two. Right? He doesn't even yeah. see how there's going to be a ton of players still there. So it's, you know, they're, they're so far off, I think, from being, like you said, relevant. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you. And I'm, there's been some nights where my row of, of press people, there's, there's me and then there's no one until a couple of scouts at the end. When it should yep. be, whereas last night it was full. And so there's nights Let when people just what, aren't coming. When I first came and we had two anchors from K2, we only had one spot. They wouldn't give TV stations more than one spot. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't always get a spot. Like they had the alternate. I had to go, you know, sit up with the alternates with like the bloggers. Nothing wrong with them. But like, I'm like, yeah. you know, we're, there's only four TV stations, but you couldn't get a row for a right. long time. And then, but you know, by the end, it was completely different. Like there was still space, you know, but you remember how it was in 2007, eight, nine, like, and there was more entities, right? Comcast Northwest had like right. multiple spots. Yeah. The Oregonian had eight, eight people at some games. Like it was insane. <laughs> so it's not just the car. It's not, it's, eight? The, it's. You guys said I could count them. If really? One day I'll tell you. I remember being like, "My gosh, well, uh, must be a special you know, night." That's those are two different things, right? Those are media. Look, when you we used to cover practices, it used to be packed in that little I room. Do, I do remember that. The few There'd times be tons I went, of us the in few that times room. I went, yeah. waiting, and that, so much so that you know the media, you know, the Blazers people decided they weren't going to let us ask for people anymore. They're just going to give us people because it was too much. And now I can only imagine how many you know, you're in there, dude. It's just me. talking to Blazers people. Well, it's, it, Brooke will show up sometimes. Casey Holdall is obviously there, but he, they work for the Blazers. Well, and then after the that, yeah. And then after that, the only like it, TV rotates in and out every once in a while. Sometimes we'll see Brenner. Sometimes we'll see Orlando. Um, but it, the, the only two people who are consistently there are myself and Sean Hyken. And then, yeah. Yeah, I mean consistently. There's other people that pop in and out, but consistently. Sure, but that and that that's that's a reflection on the media world as yeah. well as the Blazers. But if the Blazers were winning, there'd be more people there. The TV stations would be there more. It's just right. the way uh, it is, and that's you know that's where it is. Uh, that's what last night was a reminder of that it's not just the media industry. It's the fact that we used to be there, and there would you know. TNT was covering the crap. You know, they were on TNT all the time. They're on ESPN all the time. That means you had national crews and you had national writers come in because there was more to the Blazers than just the games. So they were doing features on Dame, features on LaMarcus. Um, and even, you know, sometimes with uh, Paul Allen, you know, and it's just not the same. Uh, right. But, you know, for one night, it was it was magical. And Dame got what he deserved, and the fans got to you know do what they wanted. Uh, but it won't be the last time. Like he's going to come back. You know, uh, you know the way the schedule works, it's a little different because he is in the East. Um, but you know, it also reminded me how much I'm going to root for Damian Lillard. You know, to to win, except for what they play the Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be the thing. And like I and I think that it did show that Blazer fans, um, most of them are not got, get it, you right. know, the ones that matter. And that's what we talked about. When we talked about this, I said, the ones, there's no doubt what he'll get when he comes. Yeah. What we're hearing are the trolls and the weird, the people that just don't understand it, want to be mad at Dame, the ones that really understand and appreciate what he gave because he never didn't give it all. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think that I'm more interested <clears throat> in what the Bucks do because they were terrible last night and they got yeah. a new coach. <laughs> Austin White from the Tribune is there a lot as well. I forgot about him. Um, okay. So, you know, Dame didn't get the last shot, but, you know, his protege, protege. his pupil, right? His Padawan. Yeah. Are you a Star Wars guy? <laughs> he hit that sick Euro 10 foot floater, Sweet. which the, the, the size step he made on that was just like, I didn't even know what was happening. It was so crazy. Um, to give them a 117, 116 lead. And then, of course, he was some free throws and missed shots. But 119, 116 was the final. That's the game winner. Let's stop there. Yeah, That's that, when that it, was the game after winner. After that, it got yuck. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they didn't need the other two points ultimately. But um, after the game, I asked Damien, I was like, were you both proud and like, oh, damn? And uh, first, he, he didn't, I don't think he quite understood what I was saying. 
and he gave me a different answer. Then I kind of came back again and he said, I said, so were you proud when he hit the shot? He goes, I wasn't proud at all in that moment. I wanted to win. But he also talked sure. about how he also wasn't like, he wasn't surprised. He wasn't, you know, like not expecting him not to make a play because he's seen him do so many things up close and knows how much talent he has. And they're still, they're still close. He, he said they talked all, all the time. And he, yep. Whenever he gets a chance to watch a Blazer game, he watches it primarily to watch Ant because that's the only guy on the roster that, he really has the same that I mean, he knows Matisse, obviously. He knows Grant. They only played one year with them, Matisse, half a year. So, you know, the guy he, he looks for most is Ant. So it was kind of it was kind of interesting in that respect. We didn't get the Dame game winner. At least we got sort of like, you know, his underling rising up yeah. to sort of beat him, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh and so And not you know, just his underling, his cheerleader. Yeah, that's Dame too. was yes. Uh, and I don't take this the wrong way. I believed in Ant's talent because Dame told me. Right. Dame told <laughs> not, you, because, right? not because Fetris told me. <laughs> Wait, uh, what? You didn't buy it when I told you? I just, when we never got to see Ant when Ant got there. You right. know what I mean? Like, because he never played. And Dame was saying, he would bring it up how much Ant's do what he's doing in practices and stuff like that and tell us, like, hey, wait. You wait, that guy, you know, that guy is a baller. He's going to be special. Hmm. And so he, you know, it's like a lot different. He, he, you know, took him under his wing when he was a teenager and Ant is people think Ant's shy now. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. you know, Ant like spoke no words when you put him, you know, a microphone in front of him, you couldn't get him to, to talk at all. So, um, so to me, I, I, I totally understand that why it's different than, you know, Grant, who was a, he wanted Grant to come here because he was Grant already. Right. Dame, watched ant go from teenager that didn't play in college to get drafted in the first round and everyone be like what and no one believed neil o'shea anything neil o'shea said so like you know (laughs) but once dame started saying that i was like oh okay because dame had said things before um and you just believe him because he he's the most blunt honest person i've covered like if if he's saying this guy's doing special things it's not lip service you know he's actually seeing it seeing it so right. it's just a for him that's got to be a special relationship definitely uh so after the game a lot of people were sort of approaching the storyline of you know the team rising up in this big game situation against you know the team with the fifth best record in the league what does it say about the blazers etc cetera, etc cetera. uh did that win say anything or is it just well, it the says, NBA, the randomness of the NBA? Well, somewhat, but it also says energy matters. You know, that's why home court matters in when your team is, it's not just the, when really good teams are hosting, it's energy elevates people's play. And it definitely elevated Scoot's play in the first half. I mean, he hasn't felt that, right? He has not been able to see, he doesn't know what the Moda Center is like when it's, when it's rocking. Now he does, like for the right. first time. Like opening night, maybe it was rocking, but not really. No, that <clears throat> This was what the Moda Center is like. Trailblazer fans are awesome. And when the place is rocking, you elevate your game, and it happened. Um, and, you know, they, they, they have played better lately. So mm. I think it is an extension of health. Uh, and to me, the biggest difference is dominating. You know, he's played really well lately, and he has been aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. He was hit, really aggressive you know, last night. You know, was, times we've talked about how he wasn't aggressive. That was a completely different Aiden. And he was doing it against a good team. He knew Giannis good. was around. He yep. knew Brooke, like, and he was trying to make yep. things happen. That dude needs to be there every night. And if he's not, but this entire experiment is going to blow up in Portland's face. He has to be that Again. guy. Energy matters. Like yep. he knew that he knew this is their only national, you know, TV <laughs> game. You know, I mean, those guys know this stuff, and and he didn't want to be embarrassed um, when everyone's watching. So it shows that the talent's there. But this is the frustrations that the Suns had. You know, there's a reason why they traded him. This is this is the good part of why you know why he was the number one pick. But it's also that end where you're like, well, when you see that guy get the ball and just quickly make decisions but he did make some really good plays in previous games he made a great pass one-handed pass he's got some alley oops uh and maybe he's just getting healthy maybe that knee was was you know just really bothering him but yeah the inconsistency matters so i've liked it and look lil um 
Billups coached really well last night. He coached really well. He made really good de- decisions on how to defend the Bucks, mm-hmm. and he had the right guys in. I love that he helped. He kept Scoot in at that one point in the fourth quarter. Scoot made a terrible, you know, decision, and uh, he didn't come back out after the timeout. You know, like right. he subbed uh, there, and uh, and he played to win, and they did. So there's some positives, but like they're not gonna they're not gonna go on a you know ten game winning streak. You know, anything crazy like that. Yeah. You know? So so I, okay. So th- when they went on the road and beat Indiana and Cleveland, that was impressive, right? It was like, whoa, look at that. Then they lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row, right? Then they beat the Suns. Ooh, that's a good win. Then they lost to the Wizards. Come on. Then they beat yeah. the Kings, which is still the best win of the season for me, 130 to 113. Uh, and then they proceeded to lose nine of the next 11, including that stretch on the road where they lost six games by an average of 33 points. So then you, you come home and you beat the Nets and you beat the Pacers again. Whoa, looking good, but whoops, then you lose four out of five. And one of those was the Bulls who were without Levine and Patrick Williams and they beat you at home. Now they won two in a row. But I don't even count the Philly game because you Embiid can't. and Maxi weren't there. So you didn't really it's a beat Philly. You didn't really beat Philly. Yeah, you didn't really beat it's Philadelphia. It's a preseason game. Yeah. So this win is quality, but it's their first. I mean, I guess the Houston Rockets on the road was solid. But what's going to happen next? According to based on the history of the season, they're about to lose six of their next eight. Right? If, you, if you're honest, you got Denver twice. Pistons at home used to win. Pelicans are going to be tough. You got Minnesota coming here twice, and then Denver again, and then Charlotte. You should beat them, and in the Heat. But when you look at that stretch, it's, and that's including before and after the All Star break, that's going to be a rough stretch. So I need to see this team stay healthy and win. You know, four out of six, five out of seven before I believe they turn any proverbial corner. Yeah, and I, I mean, every corner they turn, they're gonna it's a it's a brick wall because that's the goal. Wall, right? But that's the that's the goal. The goal is not to win, right? Like the goal is to get <laughs> two lottery picks this draft. I I will say this, you know, in closing, probably is that I this is the best win of the year for me. Really? I understand what you're saying with the king. Yeah, it just so it meant something. Just like, because the of kings the, are the atmosphere. Like, it, meant, the, it was yeah. it was at home. It was awesome. Is it the most impressive win? I don't know. I mean. The Bucks are better than the Kings, supposedly, right? I mean, they're they, yeah. they have the best player. Well, they smoked the Kings, so that's. But I, it, it also depends good. on your criteria. But yeah, yeah go ahead. I'm just I mean, changing my wrong. criteria. You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm going Bucks. This, time you're I'm, not this wrong. is the best win. Uh, and they had, uh, and the Bucks are trying to win. They didn't take this game lightly. Like right. they knew it was a big deal, and they couldn't do it. The Kings probably didn't care. You know, they weren't like, oh, we got the Blazers. You know, the Bucks circled this one, right? It was packed. The energy was huge. It's the, To me, it was the playoff game for the year. Biggest win, and I don't see a bigger win. You know, I, I think that they did it. The most important game of the year, they won it. Like, good for them because I don't – I mean, even if they beat the Lakers, you know, which is always a big deal, or the Warriors, they're both not good, and there's not the same, uh, like, energy there that there will be for this game. Right. But yeah, I just not, again, I'm not going to get caught up in wins and losses. I'm not, I'm just, and I don't even care when they win, you know, to me when they win and Brogdon and Grant um, and even Simons are leading the way, I'm like, yeah, okay. But if Scoot's on the bench and um, Aiton's not playing well and uh, Sharp's not playing at all. Last night was cool. Camara, man, those were huge. His defense was huge. And that was fun to see, uh, you know, a guy that you hope turns into something. But do you remember um, that that running hook thing he shot over Lopez off the glass? Oh gosh, yeah, that like <laughs> ten asked, out of ten, he misses. I asked Chauncey about that after the game. I go, "Where did that running hook thing come from?" He goes, "That's the first time I've seen it." I'm like, "You haven't seen it in practice?" He's like, "No, that was not that I've seen." He goes, "As a matter of fact, we're going to tell him." Our, I think he said, "I told him." To put that thing away. I go, well, you can't. He's one for one. <laughs> and Chauncey says, yeah. Like, yeah, you can just end perfectly on that. Because exactly. that just came ten. out of nowhere, dude. Yeah. Like, if he took 10 more of those, he'd miss 10 more of those. Like, <laughs> like uh, it was good for him, right? right? And, you know, Scoot hit that sh- that one layup where he got stopped at the rim and he brought in just pure athleticism. Mm-hmm. You know, that also is one of those. Like, that is, that's just sometimes good things happen, right? Like, and, and uh, 
Yeah, Kamara's hook. I mean, I'm glad he did it. <laughs> it was fun. It's so weird to see that happen. Uh, it would be like if Aiden did a between the legs step back three. He'd be like, what was that? That's how weird it was seeing Kamara do that. But what about Dame's dunk? I forgot about that. Do you remember when he that came down nice. the lane? Yep. The XD, that was beautiful. I, I thought he was going to be short. And he had just the extra elevation and just, it was like, whoa, where'd that? Like, he doesn't do that that often. He doesn't go drive the lane and dunk that often. So to see him do it in the way he did that was, was pretty impressive. And it was weird because I didn't think he had his legs. You were talking about him being tired. His threes looked dead legged. Mm. You know, he was short on everything or really long, you know, and then he had that burst. So, but you know, when, when Dame does dunk, it is, he does, he, He's strategic about it. You know what I mean? Like he does make a statement, come down the middle or something like that. Um, he's not a guy that gets out front very often and does anything. So, but it was good to see that. And and that got the, you know, the bucks back into where there was a chance. And, um, and then Brooke Lopez uh, ruined it for everybody. <laughs> you know, like I'm just, uh, I mean, Robin Lopez saved the basketball from on top and his twin brother ruined, ruined the entire game for everybody. <laughs> That's why I like Robin Lopez. All right, let's end on this. Um, <clears throat> Dame, obviously, with the Bucks, is going to come back once a year. What do you think it'll be like as we move forward? Lesser and less? or Well, not, nothing's going to be the same as the first, but he'll always, he'll always get you know, some, an amazing response, and, that, uh, and he should. And Retirement jersey, you know, we'll jersey, see retirement? How, jersey, jersey retirement next time, maybe? Oh, they should retire his jersey. I don't think there's – I mean, when you look up in the rafters, you you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, how could you not retire Damon Lillard? But, I mean, next time, time he comes. Lee. I mean, next time he comes, oh. in the next couple of years, when he comes as a buck, know, or do you wait till the, his career no, is over? No, I think you wait till he retires. Yeah. yeah, you wait till you don't retire. I don't think you ever retire a player's number while he's still playing. I mean, Has I, anyone ever I don't done that? see why you would do that. I don't think so. I mean – even like I was at, I was at. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever done that actually. So, I mean, I, like you could do it in college, or like guys like in the ABA when they went to the NBA and the ABA was gone. Like maybe you could do that because the franchise is dead. But no, I think you, you don't do it beforehand because you don't know what's going to happen, right? And you don't know will he come back and then and then what, right? So right. there's no reason to retire his jersey, and plus he deserves to to have that when it's over where you can actually really appreciate it. I don't think you can appreciate those kind of things while you're playing because you're just thinking about, you know, like the game, the game so, always yeah. says, yeah, no, winning the next game and winning a championship. I think it'll be interesting to see how long he stays with Milwaukee and if they win championships and what what will he end up being in Milwaukee. That's always interesting to me because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just throw out a guy that's not the same level, but, you know, growing up on the East Coast, uh, Buck Williams is a – the Nets, you know, he's a Nets legend. And then you come out to Portland and he's revered here too, you know, like, so um, what will it be like if, you know, Clyde's got the, you know, the thing with the Rockets and the Blazers, right? So if he wins two titles there, is he a, he's a Milwaukee legend too, right? You know, and that'll, that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, Carmelo's got, uh, love out here in Portland. He's got love in New York, but he never won a championship. So um, I'm, that's what I'm interested to see, what his career in Milwaukee would be like. Because if they don't win it, or at least get, you know, they get knocked out in the first round or the second round of the playoffs, that it's a huge disappointment. You know what I mean? Like, and and what what will that turn into for him uh, him there? Um, so, I mean, some guys can survive it. Charles Barkley was a legend in Phoenix, a legend in Philly, and he didn't win a title either place. Right. So it's not – no one blames him, though. So, so that'll be interesting. One more, I just thought one more thing that we should probably touch on real quick before we break here. Um, the trade deadline is a week from today. Got to trade Brogdon. Exactly. Like, so I, don't I, even like, I don't even like hearing people saying, <laughs> well, maybe they should keep him. What? Exactly. Every time what? I hear that, I'm like, what are you people thinking? And why would, you want to do, why would you want to do that to him? <laughs> like, he doesn't like, want to be playing on his back team. I mean, look, and I, ho- I wish him well, right? I wish yeah. him well. Go to your fifth team and do great. But what are you talking about? Like, why would you keep him? Because So you could trade him next year? Like, okay. And, and or, I don't understand you know, the argument that you think you can get more for him in the summer or next trade deadline than you can now. I mean, I don't get it either. His contract's not ridiculous. 
So why wouldn't a team want to get him now when they also have him for next year for a not ridiculous contract? Right. He's not Evan, you know, Fournier with an expiring contract, and that's the only good thing good about him. He's he's sixth man of the year. He's a guy. He was rookie of the year. I mean, he's a really good player that's not making an exorbitant amount of money. Um, yeah, I mean, teams like so many teams could use him. He's also a good defender, and he's big. He's not small. Like they're. No, it's crazy. You you trade him for a first round draft pick and you'd be happy with it. And if you can get a young player and a first round draft pick, great. Done. But if not, yeah. just go get the first round draft pick. Exactly. <laughs> just like why do you want him? Like, what do you think he's gonna do other than possibly get hurt? I mean, that's the thing. Like, he you got to get what you got you can for him before he goes out for 15 games. Yeah. And then you can't. So I really hope. I really hope that, you know, Joe Cronin and the, his squad can just get a first-round draft pick for him. And also, you need to clear it out. You need to clear it out. I mean, it's helping you now that Sharp's hurt and Scoot was hurt and Simons was hurt, so he's getting a lot of minutes. But when, you know, Sharp comes back and you got Scoot and you got Simon and you got him, <laughs> like, why? Like, what do you? why do you want to play him? Like... Like, I don't get it. Like, there's no argument to me. And this leadership stuff, like, oh, my. Like, sure, that's great, and that's awesome. That's why you have coaches. Whenever whenever someone tries to justify a move and they say he can mentor the such and such, I roll my eyes. I'm like, dude, that's not – like, that can be a – Nice benefit in the end, but that's that's not what you do these things for to have a exactly that's what coach no. you have you have a all former all star finals MVP point former point guard as your head coach he's the mentor yeah. is it nice to have yes. Brogdon around that yeah of course that's cool but I'm sure. not going to keep him around to mentor Scoot no. I need to get some picks so I can get some players to put around Scoot it drives me nuts when people go ta- that. Ta- Taj Gibson's nice to have on your team as a mentor. <laughs> like <laughs> that you cut and then you bring back and you cut him and you bring him back. You right? mentor like, should be at the end of the not, bench, not because he's not there to right. play, right? right? But the other guys that you pay twenty plus million dollars to, they're not there to mentor, right? They're there it's, to play exactly. And and as and, my, when they, and you know and get and they're there to get you a first round draft pick, right? And That's Brock, why you traded for him. And Brogdon says all the right things, and I'm sure he does. Of course he does. He's, when he's, he's there, he's going to be a pro. He's going to be a, a gentleman. He's a great – seems like a great guy. He's going to give pour into Scoot, but he'd rather pour into a contender. <laughs> of course. Right? Of course. All right, cool. And Grant, Grant, Grant's the same way. <clears throat> you know, yeah, Grant's going to always say the right things. That, that's and I don't think they're going to trade Grant because his yet. contract's different. Right. Not, no, not but I, if you ask them, would you rather play for a team that's winning the title right now or would you rather play for a you know, 23-win team? Like, what kind of knuckle 29-year-old <laughs> knucklehead says, I'd rather win 13? I, like, you know, I get all the shots I, I want. I love losing. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. We'll be back next week. Prior to the trade deadline, maybe there'll be some more news in that front. The rumors have been pretty light, actually. And we'll sort of uh, dive into that more. But the Damian Lillard to Portland saga is over. We can move forward and see what happens. But make sure you give us a positive rating. And what's the other thing? Oh, that's the subscription button. I'm on fumes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. (laughs) Gosh, long week already.